بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue uh, into the narrations from riyadh al-salihin and we have reached hadith number 44 this is a lengthy hadith وعن انس رضي الله عنه قال كان ابن كان ابن لابي طلحه رضي الله عنه يشتكي فخرج أبو طلحة فقبض الصبي فلما, فلما رجع أبو طلحة قال ما فعل ابني قالت أم سليم وهي أم الصبي هو أسكن ما كان فقربت إليه العشاء فتعشى ثم أصاب منها فلما فرغ قالت وار الصبي فلما أصبح أبو طلحة أتى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فأخبره فقال أعرستم الليلة قال نعم قال اللهم بارك لهما فولدت غلامة فقال لي أبو طلحة احمله حتى تأتي به النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وبعث معه بتمرات فقال أمعه شيء قال نعم تمرات فأخذها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فمضغها ثم أخذها من فيه فجعلها في 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 الصبي ثم حنكه وسماه عبد الله عبد الله. Agreed upon hadith and in the and in the narration of Bukhari قال ابن عيينة فقال رجل من الأنصار فرأيت تسعة أولاد كلهم قد قرأوا القرآن يعني من أولاد عبد الله المولود وفي رواية لمسلم مات ابن لأبي طلحة من أم سليم فقالت لأهلها لا تحدث أبا طلحة بابنه حتى أكون أنا أحدثه فجاء فقربت إليه عشاء فأكل وشرب ثم تصنعت له أحسن ما كانت تصنع قبل ذلك فوقع بها فلما أن رأت أنه قد شبع وأصاب منها قالت يا أبا طلحة أرأيت لو أن قوما أعاروا عاريتهم عاريتهم أهل بيت فطلبوا عاريتهم ألهم أن يمنعوهم قال لا فقالت فاحتسب ابنك قال فغضب ثم قال تركتني حتى إذا تلطخت ثم أخبرتني بابني فانطلق حتى أتى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فأخبره بما كان فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بارك الله في ليلتكما قال فحملت فحملت قال وكان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في سفر وهي معه وكان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا أتى المدينة من سفر لا يطرقها طروقا فدنوا من المدينة فضربها المخض فاحتبس عليها أبو طلحة وانطلق رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال يقول أبو طلحة إنك, إنك لتعلم يا ربي أنه يعجبني أن أخرج مع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا خرج وأدخل معه إذا دخل وقد احتبست بما ترى تقول أم سليم يا أبو طلحة ما أجد الذي كنت أجد انطلق فانطلقنا وضربها المخاض حين قدما فولدت غلاما فقالت لي أمي يا أنس لا يرضعه أحد حتى تغدو به على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فلما أصبح احتملته فانطلقت به إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وذكر تمام الحديث 
a narration in in uh, in the agreed upon version. Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu reported one of the sons of Abu Talha, may Allah be pleased with him, was ailing. And Abu Talha went out and the boy died in his absence. When he came back he inquired, How is the boy? Um Sulaim, the mother of the boy, replied, Better than before. Then she placed his evening meal before him and he ate it and thereafter slept with her at last at last she said to him arrange for the burial of the boy in the morning Abu Talha went to the messenger وسلم, and informed him of the event and he inquired did you sleep together last night Abu Talha replied in the affirmative on which the Prophet وسلم, supplicated O oh Allah bless them Thereafter she gave birth to a boy. Abu Talha said to me, Take the boy and carry him to the Prophet ﷺ. And he sent some dates with him. The Prophet ﷺ inquired, Is there anything with him? He said, Yes, some dates. The Prophet ﷺ took a date, chewed it, and put it in the mouth of the baby and rubbed the chewed date around the baby's gum and named him Abdullah. This is the agreed upon narration. Uh, the narration in Bukhari adds that Ibn Ayna relates that a man from the Ansar told him that he had seen nine sons of this Abdullah, of this son that was born to them, of this Abdullah, every one of them had committed the Noble Quran to memory. Now the narration in Muslim says, the son of Abu Talha, may Allah be pleased with him, who was born of Um Sulaim, died. She, Um Sulaim, said to the members of the family, Don't tell Abu Talha about his son until I mention it to him myself. Abu Talha came home and she gave him supper. He ate and drank. And she then beautified herself the best way she ever did. And he slept with her. When she saw that he was satisfied after sexual intercourse with her, she said, O Abu Talha, if some people borrow something from another family, and then the members of the family asked for its return. Would they refuse to give it back to them? He said, no. She said, then hope, reward for your son. Abu Talha got angry and said, you left me uninformed until I stained myself with sexual intercourse. And then you told me about my son. He went to the messenger وسلم, and informed him about the matter. Thereupon the Prophet وسلم, said, May Allah bless the night you spent together. He, the narrator, said she conceived. One day, the Messenger of Allah was in the course of a journey, and she was along with him. When the Messenger of Allah used to come back to Medina from a journey, he would not enter it during the night. When the people came near Medina, she felt labor pains. And he, Abu Talha, remained with her, and the Messenger وسلم, proceeded on. Abu Talha said, O oh Allah, O oh my Lord, you know that I love to go along with the Messenger of Allah وسلم, when he goes out, and enter along with him when he enters. And I have been detained as you see. Um Salama then said, O oh Abu Talha, I don't feel so much pain as I was feeling earlier. Remember the connection here. Here, he, he invoked Allah. He said, yani, Oh Rabb, you know that I love to go along with the Messenger وسلم, when he goes out and enter along with him when he enters. And I have detained, I have been detained as you see. 
Um Sulaim then said, Oh Abu Talha, I don't feel so much pain as I was feeling earlier. So yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to the dua. Remember this point here. So we better proceed on. So we proceeded on and she felt the labor of delivery as they reached Al Madina. Alhamdulillah. She gave birth to a male child. My mother said to me, Yani Um Sulaim, O Anas, none should suckle him until you go to the Messenger وسلم, tomorrow morning. The next morning I carried the baby with me to the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and narrated the rest of the story. This is the lengthy hadith. This hadith of Anas bin Malik. This hadith of Anas bin Malik from Abi Talha that he had a son going through an ailment. Ill. And Abu Talha was the husband of Um Anas bin Malik was the husband of Um Anas bin Malik عنهم, the mother of Anas and this boy was going through ailment so Abu Talha went out for some of his business and the boy died so when he came his mother he asked the mother how he was doing and she said and he is in better and most tranquil state he could be in and she she spoke the truth because why? because he died he is in stillness you understand? And Abu Talha radiallahu anhu understood that you know he is he has recovered, right? That his welfare became better. You understand? That's what he understood. No. So she uh, prepared the supper for him feeling that what the evening meal and that he felt that his son was okay then they he slept with her and had intercourse with her after she (coughs) was sure that he was satisfied and had his meal and had intercourse she said take and bury the boy meaning that he died arranged for the burial so in the morning Abu Talha radiallahu anhu buried the boy and the Prophet came to know about this and he said did you sleep together last night he said yes so he invoked Allah to bless their night so she gave birth to a child a baby boy whom he named as Abdullah and this boy when he grew he had nine he grew up 
and got married. He had nine uh, of the children, all of them reciting the Quran to memory because of the of the barakah, the blessing uh, due to the dua of the Prophet ﷺ. In this hadith, as you remember, this chapter we are talking we are talking under this chapter about sabr patience in this hadith there is evidence for the strong patience of Umm Sulaim Umm Sulaim radiallahu anha so this was exemplified in her ability to use words which may be understood in a different way, which is called a tawriya, there was a need for that. As we remember, this tawriya falls under different forms. Some of it is allowed when needed, and in most cases, it is not allowed. So, therefore, this kind of tawriya, using such words, whereby a person's intention is different from the outward meaning of what he speaks because it has an obviously understood meaning in the mind of the one receiving it however it has a different preponderating meaning with the one who is speaking it depending upon the intention and this is permissible but this is only when there is a need, if the person needs this to uh, to bring forth a benefit or to ward of harm, however, it should not be the case if there is no need. And from the useful ways of using it where a person might need that is if an oppressor or a tyrant takes someone's wealth unjustly from him or if uh, there is a tyrant rather who takes people's wealth unjustly and someone deposited a certain amount of money with you so he said, leave, I will leave this money as a deposit, I trust you to keep it for me. I fear that this tyrant may know of it. So this tyrant comes to you and asks you, do you have the money of such and such? Uh, so you say, wallahi, ma lahu indi shay, ma lahu indi shay. There is nothing for him with me. Now the person addressed thinks that this is negation. However, you intend by using this as follows. You intend by the word, by the, by the article ma, ma indi, ma, you intend with it the meaning which is alladhi. So therefore, your statement would mean, on the apparent, 
the thing that I have with me is something. Is something. This is how it is in, in the Arabic. So it will, in your intention, it will be Wallahi الذي له عندي شيء Wallahi, by Allah the thing that he has with me is something. But when he hears that, it's a negation. Because as I said earlier, the in the negative aspect, ma would be would negate that he has anything left with you. But using ma to mean alavi, the thing, then it changes the meaning to you in your intention. So in this case, it is permissible whereby you save this person's wealth from being unjustly taken. So you are warding off a harm. So therefore it will read Wallahi ma lahu indi shay The thing with me is a thing to him But when he hears it Wallahi ma It is a negation That whatever I have with me uh, There is nothing with me for him One word One letter actually One article in fact Changes The whole meaning An affirmation With respect to you in accordance with your intention and a negation as it is maybe obviously understood to the one being addressed and we talked about this in a previous class so there is no need to continue on this subject and in this hadith the Prophet ﷺ when Anas bin Malik brought his brother is he his brother? asking you is he his brother? The narrator, Anas bin Malik, his brother? A brother from both parents or from mother's side? From the mother's side. Yes. From the mother's side. That's right. So when he brought his brother from his mother's side, the son of Abi Talha, he brought him to the Prophet ﷺ and with him some dates. So the Prophet ﷺ took the dates and chewed them. Then he put them in the mouth of the boy and he rubbed that against his gums. And in this there is blessing in the saliva of the Prophet ﷺ So that the first thing that reaches the belly of this child is the saliva of the Prophet ﷺ. And the companions used to do this when they had children, boys or girls, they would bring them to the Messenger ﷺ and then would bring with them some dates so that he makes what is called tahniq. This is called Tahniq. He chews on the, uh, the dates and then he takes them after they become soft 
with his saliva, with his saliva and then rubs, uh, puts his finger with the dates on it, and rubs the gum of the uh, the child with these two dates. Now this technique, this technique, you understand now what it means, technique, so that we don't go over describing it. You understand? You know what it means now? It is there. The Prophet ﷺ takes the date, chews it in his mouth, puts it in the mouth of the baby, and rubs the, the, the chewed date around the baby's gum. This is called tahnik. This is called tahnik. Okay. So, is this tahnik therefore for used for taking the blessing of the Prophet's saliva or the objective is to make the taste of the dates reach the boy's belly before anything else if we say by the former that this is the objective is gaining the barakah the blessing of the Prophet saliva then this technique would be from his particularities and therefore no one would make technique to a child because no one seeks the blessing of any one's saliva or sweating for barakah except that of the messenger وسلم, if we consider this to be the, ob- the objective of the technique is to have or receive the blessing of the Prophet ﷺ. then we say this is from his khasa'is this is particular to him alone if we say by the latter that the technique's purpose is for the dates so that the dates would be the first thing after becoming soft the first thing to reach the belly then it will be like the tanning of the stomach then in this case every born child you know technique can be made to every born child you understand now in this hadith in this hadith there is a sign from the signs of the Prophet where he invoked Allah for this boy so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him and in his offspring and as we mentioned earlier in one of the narrations he had nine children all of them committed the Quran to memory as a result of the blessing of the dua of the Prophet and in this hadith it is recommended to name the child by the name Abdullah. Naming the child by this name, Abdullah and Abdul Rahman, is the best. Qala Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna ahabba asma'ikum ilallah, Abdullahi wa Abdul Rahman. The most beloved names of yours to Allah are 
Abdullah and Abdul Rahman as to what is reported by some that Khairul Asma'i Mahumida wa Ubbid, the best of names are those which Hummidat and Ubbidat. Then there is no basis for this. And it is not really, in fact, a narration from the Prophet. The authentic hadith is Habul Asma'il Allah, the best or most beloved names to Allah are Abdullah wa Abdul Rahman wa Azdaquha and the truest are Harith Harith and Hammam and Harith and Hammam are the truest of names because they are in agreement with reality since every son of Adam is a Harith meaning someone who acts And everyone from the sons of Adam is also Hammam, meaning Yahum Wayanwi makes determination, makes intention, and has objectives and has a will. قال الله تعالى in Surah Al-Inshiqaq, verse 6, verse 6, Ya إِنَّكَ كَادِحٌ إِلَى رَبِّكَ كَدْحًا فَمُلَاقِيهِ Every oh man, verily you are returning towards your Lord with your deeds and actions. So every person acts and does. So the, the truest of the names are Harith and Hammam because they are in agreement with reality. And the most beloved to Allah are Abdullah and Abdul Rahman. And therefore, one should choose for his children, sons and daughters, the best of names, so that he attains the reward. And so that he does good to his children. Going around naming the children with the strange names strange even to the society this leads to harmful uh, psychological uh, effects upon the children sons and daughters in the future so any distress the boy or the girl may encounter it due to this name, then you carry the burden, you carry the sin, because you are the one who caused this restriction with this strange name, which people point to, and they say, look at this name, look at this name. So therefore the person should choose the best of names. And it is forbidden to name 
the children with names that are particular to the Kafirs, like uh, George and so forth, the names used by the Kafirs, because this is from the resemblance to them. And the Prophet ﷺ warned by saying, مَنْ تَشَبَّهَ بِقَوْمٍ فَهُوَ مِنْهُمْ Anyone who assumes the manners of people, then he is from them. We'll stop here, inshallah, before we continue the discussion and the benefits on this lengthy hadith, inshallah ta'ala. Sufficient for this now, this introduction. And inshallah, in the future or in the next week, we continue the rest. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam